Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Man, I'm just so excited that you're here because you get to experience uh, a great man of God is going to bring the word. And let me tell you before he comes up here uh, who he is. He's one of our overseers. I think from time to time it's important for you to to know the people, the the men that speak into this church, who speak into my life, into my leadership. And so I have four different overseers that really love, love me, but they love you. You should know that. And they love you. They even love Erie, Pennsylvania. And that can be hard sometimes for some of them. But they really love it. And they love this church. They love what God is doing here. And and Pastor Michael Brusicki, who's about to come forward, he's a he's a pastor of Community Church in Virginia. It's a great multi-site church around Virginia Beach area. He and his wife Megan lead passionately alongside of I say they're five kids. Come on, somebody, five kids. That's a lot of kids. So he needs a lot of prayer in that house. But he couldn't be more excited to be here with you today. I've asked him to bring a word about freedom, and he's going to do just that. Would you help me welcome Pastor Michael Brusicki? Come on, it's awesome. What's up, Elevate? So good to be with you. Stay standing, stay standing for just a, a couple more moments, if you would. And uh, man, I love, I love your pastors. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm so thankful. Pastor Colby, you, you invited me to come when it wasn't the dead of winter this time. Last time I was here, I think we had like a foot of snow and I'm driving in in the minivan and I'm like, man, because I, I brought my whole family then and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. And we showed up and I'm like, man, people still come to church. Y'all love church in, in Erie. And uh, I genuinely do love your pastors. And when people get up and, and people come speak at other people's churches, I want to tell you that there's kind of a routine people can go through and they say the things they're supposed to say. And um, I want you to know that I've been at churches before where I didn't really know the pastor. And I've just said the things like, yeah, I'm thankful to be here because uh, I want to show them that. But I want you to know your pastors for several years to, to some degree, we've been running together. We've Pastor Colby and I have traveled the world together. Uh, and what I, I'm so refreshed every time I'm around he and Kristen. And one of the things about them that I want to make sure you know, since they're your pastors, is they're genuine. They're not in this for themselves or their family. They're in this for you all and for Erie. And so you got great pastors in this house, and I, and I hope you recognize that. They really do care about you, and they're great people. I've got you standing this morning for just a moment because 18 months ago when, when the, uh, the pandemic hit, I... I, like all of you, had some, I hope, some changes of perspective, some different things begin to happen. And, and I recognized that we were living in a generation and in a moment that like never before, we were going to have to decide what do we believe truth is. Uh, you know, we had always had arguments since the time of Jesus on the earth. There's been a question, what is truth? And I'm not going to teach that today, but there's always been a search for truth. But reality is we've just been okay believing a lot of half, half truths. And and 18 months ago, I decided, you know what, we're, we're in a generation right now where we're going to have to decide we believe that God's word ultimately is the truth and nothing else is. Nothing else is. And so, so the, reason, the reason I've got you standing is because most of the time when I preach, I, I like to stand and, and read a couple verses and then pray. And we're standing to say, God, we honor your word. 
We're, we're, we're standing to say with our physical bodies, we're, we're kind of making an act with our physical bodies to say, we've decided to put the word of God as the ultimate source of truth over our life. There's a lot of good ideas out there. Come on, we need God ideas, not good ideas. And so we're leaning in to the word for truth. So today I'm gonna be sharing a message out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 19. We're gonna read three verses right now, then I'm gonna pray and you'll be able to have a seat. Acts chapter 19, the Bible says this, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions and he came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they told him, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Verse six, a few verses later, it says, when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and to prophesy. God, we thank you for your word. I thank you so much right now that we have this written word that is alive and active, that when the written word joins with the faith in our heart, God, it changes us. And I pray for every person in the room, every person watching online. God, I know you know right what we need. Even me, Lord, as I share this message, you know what I need to hear. You know what every person here needs to hear. And so Holy Spirit, would you take these words, would you take these minutes, would you answer the question? Would you answer the longing? Would you confirm? Would you show the door that's open? Would you show the door that's closing? Would you speak? right now into the depths of our hearts and souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, you can have a seat. You praise God one more time. Pastor Colby told you I've got five kids. They are age five to 14. I've got my oldest boys with me this weekend. We had a great time last night at Brotherhood, and, and it's, it's fun to do ministry with kids you know, there's an interesting thing about kids, and if you are here today and you have kids, then you'll know what I'm about to say, and if you, if you don't have children, uh, you were one day, one, one, one time ago, you were a child, you were a kid, so all of us can understand kids to some degree, and here's what I want us to realize about kids, and that is this, you can tell when a kid is all hopped up on sugar. <laughs> like, you can tell when a four-year-old ate the king-size pack of Skittles. You can just tell. There's something different about the way they act. Their demeanor's a little bit different. Their speed is re relatively high. You know, they're just like, as a parent, you're wanting to, you know, hold them down. Like, you can tell when they've been with sugar. You can't hide it. Well, here's the thing. The Apostle Paul shows up in the city of Ephesus, and he sees believers in Jesus, and he can tell you know what? They believe in Jesus, but they just, they're not acting like somebody who understands that they have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them. Like he said, there's, some, there's something he did not see in them that he expected to see in them because they were followers of Jesus Christ. So he asked them the question, have you received the Holy Spirit? They're like, no, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. It's like the four-year-old getting the king size package of Skittles and putting them in their pockets, but they didn't know they had it in their pockets. And then you go up to them, you can't tell they've had any sugar. They don't even know they've had any sugar, right? The apostle Paul's like, did you even know there was a Holy Spirit. Like, we don't, we don't even know. So the Bible says he laid his hands on them and something changed. 
They begin to, they begin to pray in tongues, speak in tongues. They begin to prophesy. There was this noticeable difference of these people who believed in Jesus. The moment the Holy Spirit was activated, the moment they realized it's not just me. Now it's we, it changed everything. And see, the truth for all of us today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible's real, real clear. You become a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus, you believe in him for forgiveness of your sins, for salvation on the, on the earth, for eternal life, that you are given God himself in form of Holy Spirit to come and live in your heart. I cannot explain that to you, but it's real. It's real. And so the question for you and I today is, are we going to activate that? Are we going to look different? Because here's what we learned. Love for you to take notes with me today. I believe people who take notes go to heaven. So it's important <laughs> for you to take notes. And uh, if you don't take notes, but you believe in Jesus, you will still likely end up in heaven. <laughs> but here's the thing. You don't know. You don't know. Jesus might ask you one day and be like, hey, do you remember that Sunday at Elevate Church in Erie when Pastor Michael Bruski was preaching? I was expecting you to take better notes. So let's go. Let's get... <laughs> Let's get what God has for us. The experience of the Spirit was a clearly distinguishable experience. See, there was something that Paul knew to expect of people who had the Holy Spirit compared to people who didn't. There was something that he knew would change just the very presence of being around them. And so for you and me today, let's think about this for a moment. Like we're, we're in a, I'll call it this, we're in a safe setting, meaning we're in church which is a great place to be, but, but we're here. So we're like at least, at least to some degree, maybe you're checking out the things of God, but, but at some degree you're open to go, maybe God is what I'm looking for. Maybe you've been following him for decades, somewhere in between there. The question that, that we need to be able to think about for ourselves like they did here is when I'm at work and when I'm at school and when I'm wherever, I'm, the grocery store, right? The sporting event, wherever I'm going, do, do I look different? Do, is it different to be around me than it is to be around somebody who's not a follower of Jesus? Because this is what Paul noticed. Like something's, something's not what it should be. And so then it changed when the Holy Spirit came on them. See, this is important for you and I today, I, I feel, to get this word, to get this understanding. Because, man, struggles abound. And we all know that. And there is no shortage of good advice. There is no shortage of people telling me and you what we need to do to get through hard times. And the truth is, some of it could be good, but none of it compares to understanding and recognizing God with us. None of it compares to having this peace and this confidence when I recognize the Holy Spirit's in me. R write this statement down this morning uh, as I get my notes to wake back up real quick. There they are. The Spirit in me is stronger than the struggle in or around me. I, I want to recognize, even as I stand before you, Elevate, that, that the Holy Spirit in me is not that He's just stronger. He is stronger than what's around me, but He's, he's stronger than that internal battle that I have. When those thoughts come in my mind and when the devil tries to get me to believe lies about myself, when he tries to get me to believe lies about my marriage and my kids and my future, I'm going, no, I'm going to take that. I'm going to flip that script and I'm going to make it go what God said is true about me because the spirit's in me. And this is a regular practice of life. This is for you and me what must be a regular practice of life if we're going to truly live for Jesus if we're going to be different, it's, a, it's an hour, it's a time for Christians to be different. Yeah. 
I'm 40 years old, and until March of 2020, you could get by in the United States of America with checking the box that says I'm a Christian. But that changed, and I believe it's a good thing that that changed when this COVID pandemic hit, followed by a whole, right, hell sort of broke loose in our country last year. And it came a time, and now we live in that, to go, what is the church going to actually look like? Are we actually going to be the people who stand out as different? Why is Christianity even a thing that has lasted for 2,000 years and reached the whole world from a small group of people in the Middle East? Because it was that people who radically believed in the things of Jesus and said, we want to separate ourselves as a community that impacts those around us, but doesn't give in to those around us. Like this is what's before us. So I want to give you a statement that I'd love for you to think about today, this week, and kind of analyze your life. It's this, Christianity is not about following a different program. It's about living a different life. It's about living a different life. It, it, I'm glad you're at church. Pastor Colby, glad you're at church. We, I mean, we're church people. I believe the local church is the hope of the world. I believe every good thing that God has done and is doing is coming through the local church, being in church, plugged in, planted, serving in small group, being at church every Sunday. Come on, I'm like, that is, that is part of your call as a life. And it keeps going. It keeps going. The box doesn't get checked because you came on Sunday. You know what they did in Acts chapter two, the early church? The Bible says that they got together, together like we're doing right now. Like got up in the morning, let's get together. We're gonna come together. We worshiped together, we heard preaching. And then afterwards, we went home in small groups and we ate together and we prayed together and we talked about the word. And it says the next day, they got together like we're getting together right now. And then, and then later in the day, they got together in small groups in their homes and they ate together and they prayed together. And then the Bible says the next day, they got together just like we're doing right now in a corporate gathering. Like, and then they went home and they ate together. And I'm like, man, they, they literally just like went to work and then like hung out together. <laughs> As a community. Yeah, that, that's actually what changed the world. Now, I want you to think about something. Most of us today, we're like, you want me to go to church more than twice a week? Like, why are you so into church? I, one of my kids is playing uh, soccer. My, my older kids have played several sports through the years. And I'm like, even not in like a serious, intense sport, they still have like three days a week for that sport, for that sport. It's a program, it's not a life. And I'm like, what level am I, am I willing to be like, no, I actually wanna do the Jesus life, not just the Jesus program. That's where freedom is. So I'm not, I'm, I wanna make sure you hear me. I'm not talking against being involved in other things. What I am saying is, is this your priority? Is your church community your priority? Not one of the things you've added on to your life, but the thing that you've decided to make a priority. Because that's what changes cities. That's what changes families. And in order for us to get there, we've gotta do some analysis of our life. And so what I'm gonna talk about over these uh, next minutes is, you know, it's, it's real 
And this only is gonna work for your life. It's only gonna work for my life if I take it seriously and do a little bit of work. So this isn't like a, you know, like a happy patty cake message, meaning like you're just like, yeah, that's great. I got that shot in the arm and now I'm pumped up. This is like if you'll listen to the word, the scriptures, and you'll take seriously what I think God is saying to us, I believe with everything in me. He'll set you free from some things in your life today and you'll know how to live differently. But we gotta be honest with ourselves. We got to be honest. So Paul, Acts chapter 19, he's, he sees these believers. He prays the Holy Spirit comes on him. Everything changes. Everything is changing in this city. I had the a privilege of being in Ephesus a couple of months ago in modern day Turkey today. And I spent a day in this ancient city, which is very well preserved. And as I was there, I felt, I felt like God spoke to my heart Oh, that doesn't sound weird. It wasn't an audible voice or anything like that. I just really felt in my heart that, that in, a, in America today, the, the Christians in America, that, that we, we look more like the non-Christians in Ephesus than the church in Ephesus. And I want to tell you why I believe that by reading these verses, Acts chapter 19, several verses. I'm going to kind of just jump through quickly. Love for you to just stay with me if you can. It says in verse 23, we'll start there. It says, about that time, there was a major disturbance about the way. Christianity was often referred to as the way in its kind of beginning stages as it was moving to different cities and different areas. And in Ephesus, everything was getting jacked up because people were believing in Jesus and changing their life. And so people in the city were like, hey, this whole Jesus thing, it's messing our life up. It's like we, we had a system. Like, this is, this is how you make money. This is where you go to do things. And these people that are becoming Christians, they're messing it all up. And they didn't like it. So this disturbance happens. Verse 24 says, there was a person named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Artemis. Um, Artemis was a, a goddess um, in, the, in ancient Ephesus, along with many of these other ancient cities. There were these temples built for her. I mean, so much money. Like, they're beautiful. You can still see so much of it. And you see these towers literally built thousands of years ago. And people would make, people would come and sacrifice there. They would give, they would buy trinkets and statues. We're talking thousands of years ago. Take them home. And they're like worshiping and believing in these false gods. And in the city, it's, people are no longer doing this. It's messing, it's messing things up. Verse 25 it says, when he had assembled them, Demetrius we're talking about, as well as the workers engaged in his type of business, he said, men, you know that our prosperity is derived from, our, from this business. You see in here that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all Asia, this, this man Paul has persuaded and misled a considerable number of people by saying gods made by hands are not gods. Now listen, this really is as ridiculous as it sounds. He's like, listen, y'all, there's people here that believe these things we made with our hands are not actual gods. Like I say that, you're like, idiots. <laughs> no, I don't believe any of us today are, are going to go home and you're like, I, I need a couple pieces of wood, hammer, some nails, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a nice little God. No, we, we, we buy things. We go places, we depend on a friend or a substance, getting something. Somebody made it, somebody manufactured it, and we're like, I'm counting on this. 
this is going to give me, this is going to give me what I need. What, what if, what if the church today started acting like the church in Acts chapter 19 and we're like, these things that are temporary moments of escape, they're not actually the answers we're looking for. They're not, they're, they're not actually all, all they're cracked up to be. They've been permissible for decades. But what about in 2021? Maybe it's supposed to all be jacked up for good. That we're no longer gonna trust in these things. Verse 27 this guy's like, not only do we run a risk that our business may, may be discredited, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be despised and her magnificence come to the verge of ruin. I'm like, you don't care at all. You just said that because you're afraid you're going to lose all your money. That's just my own commentary. Verse 28. When they heard this, listen, when all the people heard this, they were filled with rage and began to cry out, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the city was filled with confusion. They all rushed together into this amphitheater, Although Paul wanted to go in, uh, his disciples wouldn't let him. Verse 31, even some of the, of the officials who were his friends sent word pleading with him not to go to the amphitheater. Verse 32, some were shouting one thing, some another, because the assembly was in confusion. Most of them did not know why they had come together. This is why I think we're living in a moment right now that matches Acts chapter 19. This is, not a, this is not any kind of a political statement. I'm just saying, over the last year and a half, I'm like, I see these gatherings of tons of people all the time just shouting. I mean, they are so worked up. And I bet you we could go one by one and ask them what they're worked up about, and half of them would be like, no idea. Just showed up, started yelling, looked like the thing to do. Why are you so mad? Because that guy's mad. <laughs> it's funny, I learned when I was in Ephesus that during this time uh, in, in the city a couple thousand years ago, there would regularly be these like gatherings in the amphitheater where, where people would come together to hear something, somebody would speak, or there would be some sort of little show. And, and it was known in the city that when you went there, you would, they would tip, typically have free bread and meat would be given. There was no bread or meat. I'm convinced they were all screaming mad because they were like, where's our free food? We're here for the free food. Nothing draws a crowd like free food. How many know that's true? That hasn't changed for 2,000 years. It's like, come on. I used to work at the Boeing company before I was in ministry, makes airplanes, and it's kind of corporate America vibe, and there'd be these, we'd have all these like executives would come into town and stuff on weekends, and they would have this like catered, or not weekends, during the week, they'd have this like catered meal, like the best stuff, right? And so we'd go out to eat, some of my friends, coworkers, we'd go out to eat, we'd come back, and they're like, hey guys, here's some leftovers from the executive lunch, and we're like, hey man, free food, who cares that we just ate, like, let's go eat again, it's free. It's nothing to do with my message. I'm just, you know, it's free food. We just like it. That's why, that's why we give donut holes at the 830 service. And the people scream and yell, and they don't know why they're here. So I'm glad. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The city was all worked up. Because when you actually decide to follow Jesus, you can no longer fit into a box that is made by man. When you actually decide that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and I want to separate myself 
for the things of God. I no longer can fit in to any kind of a label that, that a government, that a political party, that a nation makes up. Like I'm, di- I'm different. Like when you call me Christian, it means there's not something else you can put with it. It's like this is my community and it's not going to fit into anything else. This is what I long for as a pastor in the United States of America in 2021. To get to be a part of living in this hour. When I think that, I, I think this for nations, but I know that God has put me in this nation. And I just want to know that I'm a part of building a church that is radically devoted to the things of Jesus and not to the things of the culture. And in order for me to do that, and in order for you to do that, the decision point comes. Am I more like the church in Acts 19? Or am I more like the people in the city who had a whole lot of things they were trusting in other than Jesus for their life? I've gotta look at my life, and I've gotta look at my mind, I have to look at my activities, and really make a decision. Am I, am I actually not free? because I trust in something instead of the one. I wanna talk about what it means to have idols in your life. They had the idol of Artemis. No, we don't, we don't have a false God. You don't have some corner in, the, in, your, in your house at home where you have a statue that you go home and pray to. I, I, at least I hope you don't. Uh, that, that's, not the, right, that's not the common way we practice life today. No, it's other things that would be more permissible because we all just do them. What is an idol? Write this down today. An idol is anything, anything more important to you than Jesus. Anything more important to you than Jesus. That means your kids can be an idol. Your spouse can be an idol. Your job can be an idol. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. That's what I want you to catch. It doesn't mean that it's, it doesn't mean that you're sinning if you will. It's where you've placed it. So I want to help you identify those. I'm going to walk through a list and, and, and my whole purpose over these, over these two lists I'm going to give you is, is for, for you and me, right? On our own to go, what is it in my life? So how do you identify your idols? Here's the first question. What do you dream about that has nothing to do with moving the kingdom of God forward? So when you're like afternoon, just like, want to escape, when you're dreaming about the future, when you're like, I'd really like to do this thing or that thing or whatever it would be, what do you dream about that if it came true would not help build the church? Wouldn't cause you to be a stronger follower of Jesus, wouldn't help other people follow Jesus. What do you dream about that has nothing to do with the things of God? There's a chance that that's an idol in your life. What do you count on for prosperity? It's not that God doesn't want to prosper his people. In fact, I can show you from the Old Testament through the New Testament that we serve a God who does want to prosper his people. If I'm counting on someone or something other than God for that prosperity, it's an idol. If it's my boss, if it's my job, it's an idol. It's an idol. What are your greatest fears? All, all of us, I'm not going to give you like the Christian thing and be like, we're not scared of anything. Like, oh, 
All of us have the attack of fears at times. Let, let, it, let it speak to you in a moment. Go, why is that something I fear? Why, why is this something that I'm worried about or afraid of? Because there's a chance it's an idol. What are you afraid of losing? What are you scared of losing? Where we all sort of could come together is we were all faced with this question last year. As a, as a world. I'm telling you, two weeks into March of 2020, I was like, I, I don't know if I'm going to have a job. I don't know if being a pastor is even going to be a real thing anymore in, in, in America. Like, I legit was like, I have no idea. And came to a place, I mean, my wife and I very much came to a place of simple re-surrender to God. Just like, like it, everything that you've blessed us with, if it all goes away and all we're left with is you, okay. Like, okay, I, I trust you, you're faithful, God. And what we've watched God do over the last 18 months of our life is just confirm his faithfulness. What are you scared of losing? Because there's a chance it's an idol. Fin finally, what gets your attention? What gets your time? What gets your money? It might be an idol. I don't know. And I'm not, I'm not putting anything on you today, Elevate. I'm, I'm asking you to do this inventory yourself. You and God. Prayer could be driving home. Talk, if, you're, if you're married, talking with your spouse. If, if, kids, if, you're, if your kids are old enough, having a conversation as a family. Having a conversation uh, with, with a close friend. What do we even see in each other that maybe is an idol? Then we identify them and listen. The beauty of being a follower of Jesus and the beauty of being in community is when we discover things that are an issue, we're not left by ourselves to go, well, I just hope it works out. No, we actually can find the truth of God's word and what to do and be in the right community to help. So what are we going to do? A couple things maybe that'll help you once you identify your idols because we want to destroy them. We destroy our idols first as we take the thought captives. Second Corinthians chapter 10, the apostle Paul's talking to the church. To a church, like, like our church, churches, right? And he's like, hey, listen, you're able by the power of the Holy Spirit in you when the devil tries to get you to think lies and speaks lies into your mind that you can take that thought and you can flip it and make it obey Christ. What he's saying is that when the devil tries to sow doubt into your mind and he's going to attack, we have to take the moment in that internal battle and in that internal war and literally speak it out, say that's not true. The truth is that God's going to complete the good work he started in me. It's scripture. Never try to fight, listen, never try to fight the internal battle against the enemy with words you created. Fight them with the word that's already been spoken. When Jesus, when Jesus came to the earth, he was tempted by the devil. He was tempted by the devil to be giving, given a whole lot of temporary pleasure. Jesus was going to have to be killed. He knew it. Like he knew it. He was going to, he was fully man, fully God. He was still going to have to go through what none of us could imagine. He was tempted by the enemy to, to not fulfill God's plan and instead to receive the temporary pleasure. And how does he respond? He quotes the word and the word makes the devil flee. I got to get the word in my heart. Second way we destroy our idols. We have to have relationships. We establish relationships with people who want to see you free from idols, not who enable you to worship them. This is so important, Elevate Church. 
So important because you can get people around you to enable you. In your marriage, if you're married, as spouses, spouses can be the worst enablers. Well, we're both going to do it, so whatever. No, you want to you don't want to be a jerk. Let's be clear right now. But you want to encourage each other into the things of God. No, yeah, you should start getting up at five o'clock to read your Bible and pray. I'll get up with you. Not, yeah, just keep sleeping late. I'm going to sleep late too. No, let's get up. Let's stop eating that bag of chips before bed. I won't eat it either. Let's get healthier. Like, let's encourage. Let's encourage friends. Let's don't enable just because it's permissible. It doesn't mean it's what's God's best for your freedom today. And listen, let's be honest about the world we live in right now. You can have a thought about pretty much anything. You can go find a Bible verse and make it agree with your thought. And then you can post it on social media and you can get people to agree with you. And you know all that's happening is you're just spiraling away from the things of God. Why? Because in his community, in the community of Christians, we look different. We're separated from the things of the earth. We're, we're, we're here and we're having impact here. But it's okay that we're sort of like that. Like the, Come on, I don't know. I, know. I get to go home in a few hours. But we're sort of like this radical, weird community. But it's still attractive to other people. But it's like, it's different. Like Erie is like, man, those people at Elevate, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's at the building or... But if you ever work with somebody that goes to Elevate Church, like it's, they're just, I want what they have. It's, it's different. They don't worry the way other people worry and they, they love differently than the way other people love. They're, they're different. They're different. If you want to destroy an idol, listen to me right now. Make a change. Make a change. We can't just keep doing the same thing. Yeah, it'll just get better on its own. It won't. It won't. Make a change today. And finally, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jude chapter, Jude, Jude verse 20. The book of Jude's only one chapter, so if you never read a chapter of the Bible, go read Jude. It's towards the end of the New Testament. Come on, you can be like, Sunday, not only did I go to church, but I read a whole book of the Bible, and so you'll be winning in Jesus' name. Right? Jude 20. Jude 20 says, pray in the spirit at all times, building up your most holy faith. It's this idea that while Holy Spirit is in me and I'm praying and it's like my spirit connects to his spirit and what that looks like for some, sometimes I'm just praying, Jesus, Jesus, somebody might be praying in tongues. You might be just praying and, and, and believing God for big things. You're just going, it's not just about natural things. I'm believing for, for big. And what happens is you just start to get faith that you're like, I believe things are gonna be good. I believe things that are going to turn around and nothing has changed in the externals. But the Lord is stirring you up so much. He's stirring you up so much. Here's the thing. When your confidence is not in God, many things look like a threat to your future. When your confidence is not in God, what happens to the economy looks like a threat to your future. When your confidence is not in God, what's going on politically looks like a threat to your future. When your confidence is not in God, we could go down the list. But here's the thing. When your confidence is in God, 
your future is secure. It's secure. I want a secure future. I believe you want a secure future. But I don't want the secure future that some person can give me based on something in the natural. I want the secure future that comes from the adventure of following Jesus. I want the secure future that comes from going, wow, that was a wild ride for how many years God gives me on the earth. I'm glad I lived it for him. Because I was free from the garbage. I was free from the stuff that left so many people in bondage. I was free. I was free from missing out and instead received and walked in everything God had for me. It's really, a, it's really an invitation for you and me. Do, do I want, do I really believe that what God says is a free life to be my life? For students, do you, do you want to really believe that you don't have to live your life with the excuse of going, I mean, I'm a teenager, so teenagers just do that. For every generation, do, do, do we really want to live our life and just going, yeah, I mean, I'm trying. When in reality, we're like, no, I, I just need to change. I just need to go all in for Jesus. I just need to jack my life up. My wife says I say that way too much now, so I don't really know. This is like a thing I'm on right now, you see? For good. For good. Would you stand to your feet with me? We're going to go back into worship in just a moment. Before we do, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to agree in prayer with you right now that if there's an, whatever the idol is in your life, listen, all of us at a minimum have temptations for, for idols. Many of you right now, if you are honest with yourself, have numerous things that you've elevated above Jesus in your life. And I'm going to pray we would be set free from those things right now. So if you want to, if you want to just unite your faith with me, I, I invite you, if you're comfortable, to kind of lift your hands, palms open. It's a sign of surrender. I'm just saying, God, I don't, want to, I don't want to carry and have to fight this fight on my own. I want to receive the life you have for me. God, I thank you for these men and women standing before you right now. Lord, we're, we're saying to you in the best way we can, God, we don't want to try to fight this on our own. We don't want to have anything before you. And I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit right now that you would break every idol in us. I pray, God, we would have confidence that saying no to the things you're telling us to say no to is a yes to you. That saying no to the things we're supposed to say no to is the best life we could live. That you would break any fear of, of what people might think or how it means we must change and we would really walk into this life in this future that you have for us. I pray for freedom across every man and woman right now. Just with eyes closed, one more moment, maybe you're standing here with me. And you know the truth is you've, you've never fully committed to follow Jesus. You may have even been coming here to church for a while, but, but you've been showing up and you, kind of, you like it. And it's fun and you feel better. But in your heart and your mind, you haven't said, God, I want to live for you. I, I want to fully surrender. If today you'd say, I want to do that, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. It's a short prayer. It's the starting point. Maybe you're already a Christian, an all-in Christian. I invite you to repeat this prayer after me as well. 
Just a way as a community we pray together to let us even know, as, as they did in Scripture, that we're together in this. You're never alone when you're a part of Elevate Church. You're, you're part of a community that's for you. And so we believe in praying together. So repeat this prayer after me if you want to begin and commit your life to Jesus or you're already an all-in Christian. It's real simple. It goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I ask you today, please forgive me for putting things and other people above you. I commit my life to follow you when it's good and even when it's hard. I believe your way is the best way in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's worship God together one more time. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.